On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hey there, Brain Changer. I had so much fun attempting to apply Psalm 90 to my life in practical ways, and I wanted to share this kind of idea with you to see if you might find something helpful in that, and maybe you'll think, yeah, I need to start doing that. I created a plan of how to utilize the 16 hours, roughly 16 hours, that we have every day when we're awake. Let's say we sleep eight hours, right? And so we're left with another 16. And I've called this plan the 10, 50, 40 rule. So stay tuned to find out exactly what that means. Now, about Psalm 90, it's the only psalm attributed to Moses. It's subtitled, The Prayer of Moses, A Man of God. Gosh, what a great epitaph, right? Wouldn't you, don't you want that on your tombstone? You know, Victoria D. Walker, A Woman of God. Oh, I would love that. Well, what do you think of when you think about Moses? You may remember that he was born in Egypt, and he was, but yet he was raised by Pharaoh's daughter. His mama left him in a basket. Do you remember that? Because there was this thing about killing the boys under a certain age at that time. And, and so what I'm having a hard time remembering at the moment, though, was that for, was that just for the Hebrew children? I think it was. I'm forgetting that backstory there. But at any rate, um, you may remember that little scene. Maybe you watched the Ten Commandments, right? That movie, you know, everyone has seen the Ten Commandments on TV. And you may even remember later in his life how he actually killed an Egyptian and then he split the scene for a while. And you may remember that he also had a stutter. Remember that? and his brother was Aaron, but he actually, at some point, God commissioned him to go to Pharaoh, the mightiest man in the this whole area of the world, and to demand that he let the Hebrew people go, the slaves go. And then from there, you might think about, oh yeah, all those plagues that, that Moses was involved with. And then finally, the Passover, their flight out of Egypt, the parting of the sea, and so many miracles that happened during the Exodus. You may even remember how the children were disobedient during that time, and they they at one point begged to go back to Egypt, right? And they they wanted the meat and the delicious food, and God gave them manna as as their as their food and he brought water from a rock you may even remember the burning bush and how they traveled and how they wandered in the desert you you may remember when their disobedience and the golden calf incident and the plague that came over them at that point you know ultimately Moses was not allowed to enter the, enter the promised land in part because of how he behaved at certain points during the exodus there you know there's just so many events there and it's no wonder there have been so many movies about Moses well keep all of these things in mind as we actually dig into this psalm because you're going to find a few practical tips to kind of bring it all together and help us apply the lessons in Psalm 90 for our lives as 21st century Christians. But when you think about Moses, I 
you, I've just listed for you and given you a list of all the hardships and the trials and the difficulties and the waywardness and yet also the blessings and the miracles and the providence of God and his presence. So it's that combination of all of those things. So I want you to keep all of that in mind as we go. And here's Rico because he's, do you hear him off in the distance there? He he sleeps with me in my bed and my bed is really 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 high and so he's a teeny little five pound morky he's a maltese yorkie mix and he doesn't even weigh five pounds and so he cannot jump from that bed and it's early one morning but he hears me talking now and so he's like hey i want to get up and eat so i'm gonna go tend to him and i'll be right back give me a second i'm back and Rico's just fine. He's now eating. So let's see if he won't come in here in a second and want my attention. He loves to play and run up and down the hall and all those things little doggies love to do. But anyway, so you're going to notice a few overarching things, themes in the psalm. Like God is our dwelling place, the fleeting nature of life, the struggles and trials in our life, our choices and our waywardness that provoke God's anger how we're to live with intention and wisdom, numbering our days. And despite all this, how God brings us compassion, love, and joy, and gladness, how he gives us joy alongside the trials and tribulations, and he gives us his favor as we go about our business. Now, let's think about the whole notion of time, because that's a part of that 10-50-40 plan that I've kind of thought up. And here are a few little adages and sayings that I'm sure you've heard of, like carpe diem, seize the day. Don't count the minutes in each day, count the moments. Don't you love that one? Minutes versus moments and how it's the moments in each day that really count. Make each moment count. That's another one. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Have you heard that? How about life is a journey, not a destination, or all you have is now? And here are a few quotes that I found that were really interesting. And this one is from Winnie the Pooh. Um, it says this, What day is it? asked Pooh. It's today, squeaked Piglet. My favorite day, said Pooh. Isn't that great? I love that. Every day is a day for us to rejoice and be glad in the Lord and to, you know, have that kind of outlook, that mindset, that perspective. As a matter of fact, every single day when I get up, that is the first thing I say. I, I remind the Lord, I say, you know, today is the day that the Lord has made. Lord, I will rejoice and be glad in this day and I will rejoice and be glad in you. And that really sets the tone for my day. It's that first thing that I say and it's one of expectancy and it's it's an affirmation of Lord, this is your day. Come what may, I'm seeking you on this and I'm holding on to you. Here's another quote by Thoreau. He says, you must live in the present. Launch yourself on every wave. Find your eternity in each moment. Fools stand on their island of opportunities and look toward another land. There is no other land. There is no other life but this. That's sobering, isn't it? Albert Einstein said, life is a preparation for the future, and the best preparation for the future is to live as if there were none. <laughs> Isn't it? That's that paradox, right? We spend so much of our time and energy thinking about tomorrow, yet we're better off if we're just 
living in the moment. Again, we come back to that. But what does that really mean? And how do we really do that? Here's a quote by Maya Angelou. She says, We spend precious hours fearing the inevitable. It would be wise to use that time adoring our families, families, cherishing our friends, and living our lives. And I love that mindset perspective also. She mentions fear. If we spend so much of our thought life in the future worrying and fretting and fearing, do you see how that robs us of today? And we're not guaranteed another day. But if we spend our mental energy there, it's, it's a waste, and instead we could pull back and be present and focus on those around us. And so all of this to say, I ask myself, how do I live my life in the moment and with intention? Verse 12 of the psalm says that we're to be intentional about how we spend our time, and we, we're to number our days, and, you know, so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Numbering our days may mean that we consider how briefly we walk this earth. And it's a sobering attitude that, okay, we're here for a reason, so we'd better get to work. Our overall goal is always to devote ourselves to God, to revere Him, respect Him in everything we do, and to keep His commandments. In other words, to be obedient. So, okay, here's this 10-50-40 rule that I came up with. And again, it, we have 24 hours in a day, and let's say we spend eight of those hours sleeping. So that leaves us with 16. So I decided that we would tithe our time. You know how we tithe our money, our wealth, our resources, that sort of thing? Well, we're. I thought, okay, I'll just pretend that we tithe our time. And that means, let's say, right from the get-go, in the morning, we get up and we're going to give 10% of our waking hours to God, which would be roughly about an hour and a half every day. And what does that mean? That means we can pray, study, study the Bible, read the Bible, journal, listen to Him, you know, just being silent before Him. We can meditate on His Word, memorize His Word. All of this, by the way, is so good for our, for living our best thought life. It influences our brain. Remember, our, our thoughts, our mind essentially is comprised of our thoughts, and which may involve our memories and the subconscious, all of that. But from there we we've how we we are training our mind and we're putting our thoughts to God it's a great way to start our day and because that's going to influence our brain and then later subsequently guide us and lead us during the day and we we may even be that we adore him in song and worship music maybe we're quiet before him just listening like i said God is our dwelling place. He's our refuge, our tower of strength. And it's where, it's where He satisfies us in the morning. And this time that we spend 10% of our day giving that to Him and offering that to Him, it really does set the tone for our day. And I know some of you are saying, no, no, no thanks. I can't do all that in the morning. Okay. For me, that's what works best because I, I, that's my prime real emotional and mental real estate time. And, and I want to, I'm sharp then. And that's when I spend my time researching and writing and, and in prayer and devotion and, 
and having the worship music going on in the background. That's kind of my time and it works for me. But you can find, we're not legalistic about this. And by the way, I'm the one who created this 10-50-40 rule. That's just me trying to give us an idea of how to do this. So you take it for what it's worth and you find your tithe of time to God whenever you want to find it in your day and when it really works for you and energizes you. But for me, I've noticed that if I don't set that time aside in the morning, I tend to take a few missteps during the day and I get bogged down in stuff in ways that I don't when I orient my mind to him first thing. He is my the North Star for me and he's that di- directional pull. I want to be looking toward him. God is our rock. He's an anchor, a fortress to run to at any moment in the day. He is always our pivot point. Let me say that again. God is always our pivot point. And I'm thinking of our thoughts here. He's always our pivot point with our thoughts. We During the day, anytime, no matter the trial, the tribulation, we can say, God, what do you say about this situation? God, what do you say about me? And God, what do you say about yourself in all of this? And His Spirit, His Holy Spirit actually dwells in us and will guide us and comfort us and convict us when we miss the way. We long and seek divine instruction for how to handle and manage our lives. And we can literally beg Him to be led and instructed by the Spirit. We ask Him for His beauty and His favor to rest upon us. So those are things that we, it may not be in that hour and a half chunk of time that you do all of that but it may be that you keep pivoting back to him throughout the day and I'll say I certainly do that a gazillion times I pivot back to God he's my pivot point um, every single day in whatever such almost well that I can think of the situations that I face and I also wondered is it true that the more we know God the more we love him and the more we love him the more we long to obey him and the more we obey him the more we become like him. And just in thinking and pondering all this, would you say that your obedience to him would keep his anger at bay? Because this psalm talks a lot about anger. You can think back on Moses and everything that happened in his life and the anger of God and so forth. And you know, make that application there. I, I will tell you that there are a lot of negatively charged words in the psalm Thing, words like and phrases like dust, swept away like a flood, wilts, withers, consumed by anger, terrified by wrath, guilty deeds, hidden sins, God's anger, his fury, afflicted, evil. All of that is in there. And, you know, it's our time spent with God that flavors every other thing we do that day. We know God has no limits. He has no time restrictions. He's eternal. He always was, he always is, and he always will be. Yet, he has given you and me a fixed time on this earth. So how do we live it? We're to dwell in him. We're grafted into the vine. And we want to remind ourselves of his truths every single day. We want to engage those truth-filled thoughts that bring us hope and life and energy to do the work that he's called us to do. We meditate on his word, drawing ever so close to him, and we equip ourselves for battle. We're ready. Okay, so this leads us to all those activities that may comprise the bulk of our day. So 10%. Everything I just mentioned, set aside, set apart, given, 
and you know donated and and just just our hands open to God a big portion of our day and then always weaving back to him throughout our day but my that's the 10 of the 10 50 40 rule the 50 is 50 percent of our day which would be about eight hours and that's a work day isn't it so about eight hours of our day goes to others and that would be service to others. That might be you working at your craft, with your business, with your ministry. It may be an expression of the outpouring of your gifts and your talents, even volunteering. And you can ask God to establish the work of your hands. You can live with intention this way. You can, like like I, you know I have that big yoke on my wall in my office, and I've done a video on the yoke, being yoked to Christ. It was my uncle's. Um, well, it belonged to my granddad, but my uncle, Uncle Junior, had it, and it's this marvelous picture to me. Every time I walk into my office, I see it hanging on the wall. It's this huge monstrosity on my wall, and it reminds me that, hey, Victoria, you're yoked to Christ. That means you're coming in here in this office, which is kind of like my sanctuary because I study here. It's my prayer room. It's My office is just this it's full of energy and light and I love my office I love being in here and I know that a lot of my day is spent here and I'm serving it's in service for others and I remind myself that my work is my worship to God I'm with him my labor the labor I do is labor unto God my vocation is my calling and it doesn't matter matter if you're an insurance agent a dentist a tour guide a school janitor a digital marketer an entrepreneur a pastor or a retail clerk it doesn't matter you're yoked with him brain changer it is God's work through us everything we do all day long we do into the glory and honor of God we step up to our calling our vocation and we ask God to put his stamp upon it all right so 10% of our time to God, another 50% in service to others. And then that leads us to the other 40% of our waking hours, which is about four total hours. And I'm gonna say that we give that to ourselves. And what do I mean by that? Well, we've gotta eat, we've gotta prepare the food and so forth. So let's say all of taking care of ourselves would be the hours we spend eating exercising our bodies, enjoying life, connecting. This is huge for me. Connecting and communicating with others. Being with friends and family. You know, spending time with our hobbies, our pastimes, being outside. Vitamin D is one of the best things we could give ourselves to boost our immunity. Drinking a ton of water is another immunity boosting activity that we can do. And it's so, 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 so good for our brains. So those types of things, that self-care, listening to music, relaxing, expressing your talents, being spontaneous sometimes. Just say, oh, yeah, I have this idea. I'm going to go visit her. Yeah, I'm going to call her and go dreaming, imagining, planning your trips. Where do you want to go? What are you thinking of doing? What do you want to start in your life? All that. Can you feel the energy in all of this? Can you spend your day doing that or a portion of your day doing those things? 
we need time to be alone, time to be quiet, time to be still, because that helps us to refuel our tanks. We need our church family, our community, and we need to refuel with them and to encourage them and to be encouraged by others. Okay, so there you have it. Is 10% of your day spent focusing on God and dwelling with Him? Is 50% of your day spent in service to others and walking out your calling on earth and exercising the gifts and talents that God has bestowed upon you? And is the other 40% roughly spent not on the frivolous fancies, fancies per se, but on connecting with others, your spouse, your children, your grandchildren? And I would ask you, with whom are you intimately connected? And maybe this is making you realize, gee, I, I need to foster some of my relationships. Maybe you need to strike up that old friendship that you had. Do you need to refuel your emotional, physical, spiritual, and practical tanks often? Are you taking care of your body and mind? Are you resting and pausing and reflecting on God's goodness in your life? Well, I hope so. But one little disclaimer here as we kind of bring it back into Moses and his life and this psalm that was attributed to him. We, we don't want to forget that even if we spend all of our hours in this way, we're sure to be met with misery in this life, with trial, with suffering, with hardship. And in part, God allows the events of our life to humble us, to teach us, to draw us to him, and to cause us to see the bigger picture about what's most important in life. Through trial and suffering, we grow and mature. Though the valleys are deep, the mountains are higher still. And I love what McLaren says. He's one of my favorite commentators. He says this, quote, that longing, and by the way, he's talking about to have God's grace and his gentleness and his beauty fall upon us, is meant to be kindled in our hearts by all the disciplines of life. Life is not worth living unless it does that for us. And there is no value nor meaning either in our joys or in our sorrows unless both the one and the other send us to him. Our gladness and our disappointments, our hopes fulfilled and our hopes dissipated and unanswered are but, as it were, the two wings by which on either side our spirits are to be lifted to God, end quote. And now we've come full circle. Can you feel it? Can you picture it? How, yes, life is hard, but we're called to number our days, to live in the present, to recognize it as a gift, to pour out our lives in adoration to God, give our time to others, be others focused, and of course, take care of ourselves in the meantime. It's a wonderful holistic approach on, on how we can do life. And I think when we do it this way, that we're sure to find God in the midst. We need him every single second. So now let's listen to Psalm 90. Psalm 90, the NASB version. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations, before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn people back to dust saying, return to dust, you mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by, or like a watch in the night. 
Yet you sweep people away in the sleep of death. They are like the new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by the evening it is dry and withered. We are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. All our days pass away under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. If only we knew the power of your anger. Your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Relent, Lord, how long will it be have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us, for as many years as we have seen trouble. May your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. And this is the word of the Lord. You know, I had so much fun attempting to apply Psalm 90 in practical ways. And and I hope that you find some I don't know, something new or novel about the 10, 50, 40 rule, and that maybe it's a call for you to simply say, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna really think about how I'm spending my time, and maybe I need to make a few adjustments in, in how I'm actually managing my time. And I hope so. I hope that you find encouragement and inspiration here, and I thank you so much for hanging with me today. And I hope that it makes you also want to rush out and squeeze someone's neck or stop and really look them in the eyes. And maybe it makes you want to rekindle your relationship with the Lord. There's there's nothing better on this earth that you can probably do, I would venture to say, than to seek Him. And His Word says that when you seek Him, you will find Him. And He's going to pour out His blessings upon you in His favor. And He will give you such joy despite all externals. And you know what, brain changer, it's never too late to start doing what's right. So get your thoughts lined up with God's truths and his principles, and he will not steer you in the wrong direction. And say, do you know even one person who might be encouraged by this message today? If so, would you take a moment to send them the link to this show, this episode? You can also send them over to my website at victoriadwalker.com so they can opt in there. And please be on the lookout for my new book. Yeah, I'm writing a devotional. It's a 365 devotional, like five-minute devotionals every single day that you can do, say starting in 2022. And it's set to launch and to come available at the end of November. It's in the final editing stages right now. It's called Live Your Best Thought Life. Choose to think every day. And it's chock full of inspiration. And you know what? If you're like, gee, I don't know where to start with tithing my time to God. Well, this devotional would make a great place to start because it starts with, it's something that you're choosing to do that day. And then I give you the Bible verse. You can even go look it up and study that verse. You could spend some of your time doing that. 
Then I go into an actual two paragraphs with practical applications and stories and explanations, exposing the text or maybe an exegetical type look at the text, that particular scripture verse. But I, this sounds so brainy or heady, but really it's it's stories and, and that are meant to grab your attention. It's just a couple paragraphs talking about that particular verse and that activity for the day and then I go into some thought questions so that would be like there are two or three thought questions and reflection questions about that particular um, reference and and if you journal you could actually write down your answers to those questions and I would love you to do this devotional next year with a friend or with a Sunday school group so that you could have accountability and you could share those answers. They're, they're the talking points for your Sunday school classes or your small groups. You could talk about how you answered that. Now keep in mind it's all about your thoughts, your mindsets, your attitudes, your emotions, your feelings, brain. I, there's a lot of research and neuro science woven in and looking at life dealing with life in you know it's not about how to live your best life although that's good it's about how to live your best thought life because if you want to live your best life it's got to start with your thoughts and so that's kind of the premise of the book but I think it's it's you're I think you're gonna love it and I've had a blast actually writing it and so if you want to get on the pre-buy list for that oh and by the way the day that particular five minute day ends with a prayer so it's like I got you covered on that day and you may say I'm gonna dedicate 15 minutes I'm gonna tithe 15 minutes of my time to the Lord and it would be a great starting point for you so if you want on the pre-buy list just shoot me an email at choose to think at gmail.com and listen i appreciate you and i love you so much you please take good care god bless and that's a wrap brain changer thank you so much for tuning in and say if you like what you hear please consider sharing this link to the show with a friend or a family member who you think might be encouraged by the inspiring and hope-filled messages that i try to put out every single week so thank you so much for your support and until next time dios primero y que dios te bendiga chao